And we are back with a special episode. I got a gauche and Flanson here. They're actually TKS alumni who are in university right now. Um, they're heading te- to their second year of university, technically, and you'll notice why I said technically there in a second. Both are taking very different paths, but also very interesting and unconventional paths. And so the purpose of this podcast is to give you guys an idea of life soon after TKS <laughs> and also you know, what they wish they knew you know, when in TKS. So let's get to it. I'm here with Agosh and Flanson. So Agosh, tell us about yourself. Uh, so uh, I'm currently doing nanotechnology engineering at the University of Waterloo, and I'm going into second year. And uh, previously, uh, I've worked at UCash as a software developer, worked in a lab in Waterloo, worked making sensors for medical uses. And, uh, and I just finished up my four-month co-op at a startup in, uh, in, in Waterloo, and we made drug patches for transdermal drug delivery. And I really, really enjoy nanotechnology chemistry, and especially like stats. So when it comes to anything with that, like that is my thing, and I would love to do it. Awesome. Flanson, what about you? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so uh, just like a gauche, I am a Waterloo undergrad, just finished first year. And um, my program was arts and business, but what I really did with about 90% of that time was work and research and work on uh, projects involving geometric deep learning, which is a subset of deep learning. Um, the past couple months, I've worked remotely with the University of Chicago and their uh, Globus Labs there, as well as co-authoring currently a paper with the National Research Council of Italy on uh, urban data statistics, uh, specifically traffic forecasting. Um, currently, I am in the process of getting a visa so I can work in Boston come September uh, for Kibotics, which is a startup there working on machine learning for materials discovery. Uh, yeah, that's me. Awesome. So hold on. You're going to work in Boston for a startup. That means what's going on with the university? Yeah. So um, when I suppose a little bit of background is needed for to, to fully realize what's, what's happening with this whole balance between work and school. Uh, the past couple months has been sort of a whirlwind. There were a lot of things that popped up in my life. Um, offers from London and Boston, which is the one I've decided to take. Um, and during, during the process of deciding, I, had to, I realized I couldn't do all these things at once. I had to give up something uh, to an extent, which is something that Mayank actually mentioned earlier. Um, so for me, after considering for a while, I realized that school is something I could always come back to, but opportunities like this come only once in the blue moon. So I decided to take a gap year. Uh, so come September, I'll be working for eight months from September 16th to May 17th. And uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. I could go back to school. I might decide to take up another intern, but for now, school is going to be put on hold. Awesome. So let's put a pause on that for a second. So we heard Agosh is into nanotechnology and stats and chemistry and all that. Flanson is really into deep learning, AI, machine learning, and he's going to be working in Boston for the next eight months at a machine learning company. Um, but tell us about your relationship. I think that's super interesting to me. You know, you guys met in TKS. Tell me about that. All right. So uh, I actually met Flanson near the end of TKS. It was during the showcase. I believe I met him. And uh, after that, you know, we started doing TKS projects together. So we did the TD uh, challenge together. And at the end, we both realized, oh, we're going to Waterloo. Uh, and once it was all confirmed, we wanted to 
lives together because I just wanted to live with new people. And uh, <laughs> that's actually a pretty funny story because it did not happen because somebody uh, forgot to sign their contract. But you know what? <laughs> it was definitely for the better because I think the fact that we were separate somehow contributed to us getting closer together in a way. Like, not like physically living next to each other, but like emotionally. We got to know each other in a way that I think a lot of people are, are not like fortunate enough to have somebody that supports them and understands their journey. Um, I definitely wouldn't be able to make a decision to go to Boston and all this without having a ghost here. And I, I'm sure a ghost feels the same way about a lot yeah. of his life choices. Yeah. And uh, the best part is that we're like, we both kind of like got in, like we got, like, we got our both, we got our friend groups, like, like intertwined with each other's. So like, like just recently, one of my best friends from high school and him were just hanging out and just chilling. And when like, his friends come over to Waterloo, I do the same thing with his friends as well. So it's just a pretty interesting relationship that we got out of TKS. What do you think about, you know, friendships in TKS? Obviously, you guys have built a very strong friendship through TKS. There's a lot of other students that have found their best friends in TKS and even have, a, even have started companies with them and projects with them. Um, what, what, do you, what would you say to kids coming into TKS about this topic on friendships and relationship building? Yeah, I think relationships are, is everything. People are everything. Everything that you get are going to be... Cut, is going to be because of people. So when you're first coming to TKS, really understanding that means just being adventurous and meeting new people. Like these are the kind of people that you're going to spend most of your time with, whether you know it or not. And whether, whether or not you know you're going to get value, that's not, that's not the question. It's just about meeting these new people. Um, if you put yourself in a situation where you can meet new people, you never know who you might find. Like in, as Naveed said, you might find your next founder. You might just find someone that you emotionally relate to better than anybody else in the world. You would never know until you actually go out and meet someone. Yep. And uh, one thing I also like to add to that is, you know, at the end of the day, like you don't, like you just need to first start like find a ride or die in TKS because like you guys like are not just going to like spend you'd be spending a lot of time with each other, right? But you guys are also going to have the same mentality as well, which is very very hard to get outside of TKS because not many people like to think unconventionally. I think what's super interesting as well is when you guys joined TKS, there was no like alumni to look up to, right? Whereas the people coming in now, they have like two years worth of alumni now to talk to and get advice from. Um, not only that, but we're in like five cities. So there's TKS students now in Boston and New York. How do you guys think that changes this idea of relationship building in TKS? Wow. So I think, I think it definitely shows that age isn't really like a barrier in any situation, whether it is about getting jobs or making friends with people. Um, having these relationships early on really contributes in the wrong one. It's not something that you get like immediately, but I don't know. What do you think? It's like, just remember, like now you have the ability to reach out to any one of these hubs of TKS, yeah. right? Like I know Flonson is going to Boston for the next eight months and being able to make friends there will be amazing because now when I go there, I can literally just ask him, hey, who are the right people to talk to who can help me out in certain situations? Same thing with me, right? I mean, I'm, like, I'm mostly living in Waterloo and that's where I'm truly trying to build my network. If anybody that I know from TKS from my yard that I'm close with, when they come to Waterloo, I can point them to the right people. I can introduce them to the people they want to meet to and want to talk to. And that can only happen when you actually go out there and talk to people and you know, try to make friends. Exactly. Those, those warm intros that you get between people is, is, is about building bridges. And that's when you get those opportunities. What do you guys think about the community and TKS? Like, is it easy to reach out to alumni like yourselves or kids from other cities? 
dude, just like go on go on anywhere and just message us at any time. Eventually, we'll respond. Yeah, and especially like if you say that, like if you're a Partik guest, like that's like a hint for us. Like, oh, we have to respond because oh, yeah. we remember when we were in your, your position just like a couple of years ago, and we were reaching out to people. So we will definitely like you can message us like literally on any social it's media. Family, dude, it's family. It's not like one of those Saudi Arabian princes being like, "Yo, I'm like bankrupt. Please send me hundreds yeah. of dollars or something." Reach out to us, like reach out to us, whether you know us or not. As long like if if you have any question about anything, university. That's like the most frequent question that we get, but like we like to talk about more than just that. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have a TK fam now. <laughs> um, okay, let's go back to your guys' experience in university. Um, I'll start with you, Agosh. You know, you're taking a pretty interesting path around now, technology, chemistry, all that stuff. How did your experience in TKS help you make some hard decisions? Like, tell us about some of those decisions you've actually had to face and how have you made them and how do you think you've been different than the other people around you because of your experience? Well, so there were two big decisions that TKS mentality really helped me out with. One was when I just got into university. And, uh, you know, back then, um, I had an idea of what I want to do. And now I want to do really bad as well. And those are two things that, you know, you must know. You must know what you want to do and you must want it really bad. And I knew I wanted to work on sensor development. So I one of the, the most important things CKS taught me was one, how to reach out. And two is how to, you know, like I, at the end of the day, I knew I need to get learn all this stuff very, very quickly and school was not going to teach me. So what I did was I reached out to a lab in Waterloo and uh, a professor replied back to my emails and she uh, said that she's willing to take me on in her lab and give me projects to work on. Uh, so I spent eight months in a lab while doing school as well. So it was six hours in a lab and then I would come back and be up till four or five a.m. doing school and then rinse and repeat. And I think if it was not for TKS, I would not have made the decision of first even initially reaching out. And that all the things I learned in that lab are what has been, you know, that has been the basis of what I'm planning to do in the future, in the short term and the long term. And that's also the one that, you know, got me into, they got me two offers from two really good places last summer. And that's actually comes into my second decision as well. Why that TKS mentality really, really helped me into. So one of the goals I had was uh, there was a lab in uh, Harvard that I really wanted. At the same time, I also wanted to work for a startup. Uh, and this was a startup made by a Theo fellow because like one of the, my goals in life is making my own company and being able to you know get that to a level where I can impact mil- like bil- millions if not billions. And uh, so TKS, some of the skills that TKS taught me in terms of networking and reaching out, I was able to apply that to both reaching out to uh, the Harvard laboratory and also the startup and being able to build my connections in such a way that when you know summer came, I was able to get offers from both. And uh, then I had to make the uh, hardest decision of my life, which was whether I go work at the best, under the best professor in the world when it comes to sensor development, or uh, a deal fellow, and I can, from which I can actually learn how to build a company that will go on to impact billions. And what do you think of your decision? Actually, so I decided to uh, take the startup route uh, just because I had already worked in the lab for the past eight months. And I think it was the best decision of my life. One, because I met some really cool people. And two, the things I learned from uh, this place were, uh, they were just mind blowing. And they were everything from, you know, AI to statistics to a lot of the lab work uh, that I learned and a lot of the startup skills. And three uh, is because I was able to, I was put in a community of, 
you know, startup like people. And now like now that I co-op is coming to an end, I have to go back to school. I'm gonna still be returning weekly to play Dungeons and Dragons with people in the accelerator. So there was one part we just went over really quickly. And that was when you were like, and I just reached out to this prof and they offered me a space at the lab. That's not normal. Like normal university kids don't just get offered, you know, potential positions at a lab. Why do you think you got that? Why do you think they trusted you and and offered you the position? Well, there were a bunch of things, uh, a lot of things from like the TKS here. Uh, And one was when we did our uh, nanotechnology session. Uh, I remember coming in for that and I made a one page or about an idea. So when they invited me to do an interview just to see whether I could actually like had knowledge work in a lab, I brought all those things with me and I gave it to them and they were asking questions about a project that I already researched, done research on and made a one pager on. Uh, so they, 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 that was one of the things that was able to get me through the door. Another one was having my own website where I showcased my portfolio in terms of my you know, programming, especially blockchain project. That's what my main focus was during TKS. And uh, I think lastly was there were just some like after you know, reaching out to people so many times during TKS, I kind of knew how to, okay, if I'm going to reach out, I need to be able to contribute value. So before I even reached out, I, you know, I thoroughly read, you know, their research papers. So when I would come in, I'll be, I'll be know how to start. I know how to start a conversation with them about things that they're passionate about and be able to connect with them at not just a surface level. So I want to, I want to summarize that for you guys listening. First thing, super important, build your portfolios, like get stuff done. And you've been hearing that on the other podcasts. If you've listened to, if you've listened to Alishba and Mayank, they've both said, just write articles, make videos, make one pages, build your portfolio, do stuff. The second is networking. It's so important to just reach out to people. And when you do, make sure you have something to contribute. You have value to add and you've done your research on them, right? You've read their papers if they've written any. You have good questions to ask them. And the third thing that I want to really highlight here is, I don't know if you caught this, but Agosh said he was doing a blockchain focus in TKS, but now he's a nanotechnology. Your focus will not dictate what you become. It can, but it's not just because you do a focus in something in TKS, that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. So like Mayank said, like Alishba said, don't overthink it, just jump into it. Because even though Agosh had experience in blockchain, it's the mindset and it's the skills that he developed that people like. And they see that you're hardworking. They see that you're intellectual and capable. And then you can learn the other stuff, right? So I think that's super important. Flonson, let's talk about you. You know, completely yeah. different path. Got in multiple job offers from some really cool companies in AI, machine learning from across the world. What? So How? Yeah, okay. So when I started at University of Waterloo, the program that I was in gave me a lot of time to work on other things. And immediately I realized this is where the process becomes most useful when you have the time, because now I don't have the burden of parents staring down your back or like school being that much more weight on your shoulders. So I decided to follow the process a little bit, start exploring things. Agosh brought up this very interesting idea. It was sort of more of like a joke, but it was like, what if we could develop new nanomaterials and metamaterials with GANs? And I was like, okay. So there's two paths I can take. I can go take the nano route, but Agosh had already taken that. So I was like, okay, let's go look into AI. 
So I started doing that. That was around September. Um, come November, I was pretty damn deep into it. At this point, I was really fascinated and driven specifically by the application of deep learning uh, in materials development. So there was one thing in specific I was looking into, which was the representation of molecules. And there's a lot of details in that. But the point is, it's because of that one interesting sort of curiosity that I had that led me to discover this entire subgenre of geometric deep learning. And this is when I think I hit inflection point. This was when I started getting really obsessed with what I was learning. And I started, I just wanted to go like even deeper into what I already knew. Things that were very obvious in deep learning. And by obvious, I mean things that were easy to learn and things that were easy to find online or through people. Um, in deep learning just isn't the same in geometric deep learning. Every, you actually have to be, be legit. And I think that's one of the things that I learned uh, early on. One of the biggest takeaways of the year was the difference between being legit and seeming legit. On surface level, yeah, I could know about deep learning. I could replicate some things. But being able to create something in deep learning and then being able to create something in something as niche as geometric deep learning was an entirely different story. It was when I started creating these things, uh, the projects that I put up on my GitHub and the articles that I wrote, that I made sure to maximize the value that not only I was getting from writing these articles, but that I was providing people. And I didn't know at the time, but it would be, it would be because of these projects and the articles that I put out that eventually led to literally all the opportunities that I'm in right now and the ones that I'm choosing between right now. Um, so come May, uh, I've put out a bunch of articles. A lot of projects are up on my GitHub and I'm, I'm sort of finishing up school at this point. So I have more and more time to get into it. Somebody reaches out to me. Um, his name is Ben Blazik. He's now a mentor of mine. He's from the University of Chicago. And he was really impressed by the project that I put up on my GitHub and the article that I wrote about it. And How he, did he find it? Oh, man, I don't even know. Honestly, the, the thing about being in a very niche subject is that the moment you search it up, like, for example, in geometric deep learning, when you search up geometric deep learning, my article is the second or third thing you say, you see. Um, it's, it's not just because it's like something that, is very niche, but it's because like it was valuable to people, and I think people actually, actually, actually liked it. And because they liked it, they reached out. And this was the case with Ben. He just came across my article, reached out, and told me like, "Not sure if you're interested, but we'd love to have you work on a problem that we have." And uh, that's what I've been doing for the past four months. And the same thing happened again two months later with a researcher from the National Research Council of Italy. Uh, he's part of an urban data science team there. And they had a bunch of data sets, maps of London, Rome, Shenzhen, a couple of the cities. And they wanted to see what geometric, geometric deep learning could do for them. So they turned the maps into graphs, which is the preferred data, data type. And yeah, from then on, it was, it was sort of like a playground, me being able to play around with the data sets that they provided that nobody else had access to. And then eventually they liked what they saw and then the preliminary results that we put out. So all of a sudden we're co-authoring a paper. He finished the first draft at the beginning of this month in the POC as well. And um, eventually this sort of steamrolled into more opportunities coming in. Every two weeks I often get an email from somebody out of the blue that has either read an article or seen my GitHub. Um, and the reason why, and this actually led to the second thing, at least to the second thing, which is, is just knowing people. Uh, when you're in such a niche topic, everybody just knows everybody else. Um, part of the reason why I managed to get this opportunity in Boston was because I had a reference from Chicago that is now actually acting as my supervisor. <laughs> so two people from Chicago now that I know very well are going to become even closer to me and both of whom will be very, like, they'll teach me a lot of things. Uh, the same could be said for the, re the other reason why I got Kabotics was also because of Alexander Wu, who is also a fellow alumni, um, even older than us, actually. Um, but he's in Japan right now doing his own thing. And it's because of him that I actually managed to get this Kabotics uh, internship. 
because he was in California for a conference and one of the founders was also in California. And when Alex found out that this founder was working on machine learning for materials discovery, uh, he went up to him and told him about me um, such that a week later, Alex told me, you should cold, e- cold email this guy because now he knows who you are and he might have seen your work. So I did. And uh, yeah, he's a professor at the University of Toronto, Alan Asperguzic. And he was the one who introduced me to the rest of the team in Kabotics. And it's just like, when, when you're in such a niche topic, like it's because of Alex and it's because of the people that are in Chicago that got me this opportunity in, 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 um, in Boston. And the other side of that is just creating good content because that's the same for my other work offers. So for example, London also, there was a company in London called Juvenescence. Uh, they're a holding company. And one of the biggest investments is in Silico Medicine, which is one of the biggest startups in machine learning for drug discovery. Um, it's the same reason, like it's because they saw the content that I put out on the internet that they reached out to me and three weeks later, they, they offered me a job opportunity, which was very out of the blue. I didn't even know this company existed, but yeah, it's, it's for me, the biggest two takeaways of the year is just being legit and creating content because you're legit and actually knowing your stuff. And the other side is just knowing people. Those two things I think contributed the most to where I am now. Yeah, I would actually add one more thing, um, which is be unique, Yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in TKS, like a lot of you guys coming in, you're going to do machine learning. You're going to do AI. Like most people do AI and you should because it's literally a platform off of any, every industry, right? Any industry is going to be using AI and machine learning, but not all AI is the same. And how you apply that technology can be different. And in your case, Flanson, you applied it totally differently. And when people searched up that one niche way to apply machine learning, you came up. And even though you're only doing it for a few months at the time, right? It doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter. Like neither of you guys have PhDs. Neither of you guys have master's degrees. But both of you are working with PhDs, right? Which is crazy, because our, what do our parents tell us? Like, go to school, get a good degree, you know, get a good, get into the best schools. Well, Flanson didn't even do any technical degree, but he spent his time doing technical things. And now he's going to be working in Boston with PhDs from, what is it, MIT? Harvard. From Harvard. Harvard PhDs that started this company. And everyone there is like a Harvard PhD and MIT PhD. And then there's Flanson. Right, a 19 year old, you're 19, right? 19 year old kid that all he did was write a few articles and did some research on his spare time, right? It just really challenges everything the world's told you, right? And you guys remember me telling you this in TKS, right? That like you just got to do things that make sense, you be legit, and you'll get good things happening. Now, these kids coming into TKS listening to this podcast, they can be like, oh, someone else has already done it, right? And what, I, what I'd encourage you guys to do listening is, yeah, okay, a few people have done it, but you should just have courage in yourself, right? Don't do things because you know there's certainty in it. These guys had no idea there was certainty. And as soon as something becomes certain, that's when it becomes competitive. And so that's something to really think about. If something is very certain, it's probably very competitive, and if it's competitive, it's probably conventional. And if it's conventional, well, well, you're less likely to get unconventional success or become unconventional. And so it really all starts with uncertainty. This idea of like, hmm, will this actually happen? I have no proof. But if it makes sense, you should do it.
Would you guys agree with that? Yep. Like Absolutely. a lot of us, we overblow risk. And, you know, with a, lot of, like, with a lot of things that we're doing right now, which is just building things, right? We both, me and Fonson, we can agree, we just enjoy building things. There isn't much risk involved, right? When I reached out to the professor, the only risk was the professor not replying back. When uh, Flanson was, uh, um, you know, working on his articles, the only risk he had was nobody would read his articles, right? Which are not, you know, very big risks. But when you look at the outcome, right, Flanson is going to Boston, that is a really, like, the outcome of that was, is amazing, right? The outcome of me reaching to a professor was I was able to, you know, like, build sensors from scratch up, right? And these are sensors that nobody else see, has ever built before, right? So, you know, the, the outcomes for both of us were amazing, but the risk was very minute. But if you think about it, you know, well, coming in, I don't, I don't think most people would be reaching out to people. And more, I don't think most people would be building th- things and writing articles because they have this idea of risking them. Right, they're afraid of failure, which I, I, I think that I, I just think it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, building on this, and I think the, the, the reason why we started talking about risk was because it was being different, being unique was the term that Naveed used. I think another reason why you should always strive to be unique and be different is because you, by proxy, you also become the best at it. If you were the only person working on something, you immediately become the best at it. Something like geometric deep learning, maybe there are like a thousand people working on it, but because there are so few people compared to something like deep learning as a field itself, you're already like top maybe 50 or top 100. Just by knowing the term, you're already top 100. Maybe by actually researching it, like you easily become better and better relative to everybody else. And in that way, you become the best at whatever your field is. And that's the only reason why I think that I've gotten reached out to from people that I don't know. Um, people that haven't even heard of geometric deep learning. And, and now that they've heard of it, they're, they're also part of this community. And yeah, it's just like this positive feedback loop. Awesome. All right, so I just want to wrap up what are some last words that you want to give to these incoming TKS students? Okay, so um, there's two things I want to say. One is just build things that you enjoy. Right? You're never going, well, if you enjoy it, it's never going to feel like work and the probability of you burning out is going to be very little. Uh, and the second is that don't work hard for success, work hard for excellence. Because when you know we only work on thing, work hard on things that you enjoy, just for the, you know the sheer fact that you enjoy them and you want you want to get better at them, success is going to come, like it's going to be attracted towards you. Yeah, for me, I think it's just never be satisfied, and that stems from the idea of being legit. And the reason why is because you can never really how to say this. I think the reason where I am right now, and I think successful people in general just never are never okay. They never actually think of themselves as successful. That's how they become legit because they start questioning everything they see. They don't take anything for face value at all. They see, they see a topic like when you first come to TKS, you're introduced to a topic like nanotechnology or deep learning, which is great, but that's only the surface level. There are so many things underneath that that you would never be able to find out if you were just satisfied with knowing deep learning. So yeah, I think, I think the biggest advice that I can give any newcomer in TKS is to never be satisfied because that's the best way to become legit. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much and good luck with your future journeys. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Naveed. Anytime.